Hello, and welcome to the Writers and Illustrators of the Future podcast. This is John Goodman, your host. This podcast is dedicated to the aspiring writer and artist and will provide inspiration and tips from top professionals in the field. If you've been listening to this podcast or are new to it, I thank you very much. I would also appreciate if you took a moment and followed it on whatever platform you use to listen to your podcasts. Our next guest, basically I've been following your career since she was a multiple honorable mention winner, gosh, a couple years ago, two, three years ago, and I asked her to write a, uh, a blog for the Writers of the Future, which she did, and I've just... I just fell in love with her at that point. So I've been tracking her um, since then. Brittany Rainston in 2008 graduated as a registered nurse from Brigham Young University in Idaho. She received her Bachelor of Science in Nursing in 2010. She's worked as both a medical and surgical and rehabilitation specialist, but she currently enjoys work as a stay-at-home mom with her four children. She started writing at a young age, penning poems and stories, and filling an overstuffed nightstand with spiral notebooks, pens, and floppy disks. Yeah, those are still a thing in 2007. On entering college, Brittany lost touch with her writing and didn't come back to it for several years. After having her third child in 2015 and needing a creative outlet, her passion for writing reignited. Once she found the Writers of the Future contest, Brittany has not missed a quarter and has been a Writers of the Future finalist four times, Half-Breed is her first published story, which will be coming out in Rise of the Future, Volume 37. And she's also going to be in Volume 38 as a winner. So she's going to be in back-to-back -back Rise of the Future volumes. She's also got her story, Perfectly Painted Lies, will be published in the spring issue of Deep Magic and was selected for their Best of Anthology. I really wanted to have Brittany on as a guest because so many aspiring writers have to deal with life, and they can't just stay focused on wanting to be a writer. She's both a nurse, she's a stay-at-home mom, and she's a very successful up-and-coming writer, which you're going to be seeing a lot more of. So I wanted to be able to have this interview to be able to get how she lives her life and how she's accomplished this for those of you out there listening who would be interested in well and how to be able to do this. Welcome, Brittany. Thank you, John. I'm so excited to be here today. I know it's been great following your uh, your career, like I mentioned in the intro. As a child, you said you were writing a lot. So how did that actually get started? How did your love of the, of the writing muse get started? Um, I don't know. I just always remember creating, you know. I, I, I remember in elementary school, they had like where they wanted us to create a little anthology of poems that we liked. And I had a really fun time uh, creating poetry then you know, and then mm -hmm. like when I was in uh, middle school, I I remember really getting into writing then. I loved Harry Potter. Harry Potter was like my childhood, right? Uh, mm -hmm. I remember going to all the um, bookstores at the openings and stuff late night, get the Harry Potter glasses and everything. It was so fun. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, um, so I I loved to write stories as well and I remember bringing I would bring my stories with me to class and I spe specifically remember bringing them to band class I played the flute and I would hide uh, my, my notebooks behind my music sheets and uh, when the band director would go turn to work with the tubas or the trumpets or whatever then I pull out my my stories and sometimes I would I would work on those so any free moment I just I've always enjoyed writing reading and writing you know 
That's amazing. So then, so you went from writing in, in school and then did you always, was your initial like curve or, or trajectory towards being a nurse that you wanted to do? Or did you start off on a writer and then go off of that because there's no money in writing or what was the deal on that? So I wanted to be a teacher or something like that when I was little. I always thought that that was really fun. And I think I went into nursing because I, I like helping people. But, but I, I think writing was always just this, I don't know, just this other passionate thing that I had. And I don't think I ever, ever really considered it as a career option or anything like that. Like, I just hadn't thought of it, you know. I was pretty one directional towards towards nursing once uh, I entered high school. Um, it's just a lot of my family, my my aunts and uncles. I, I are a lot of doctors and nurses in the family, and so it's kind of like a lot of us go into the medical field, and so that's just just where I headed. And I love it. I love working with people, and and I love helping people. Um, but I'm also very passionate about writing, you know, um, mm -hmm. and so, and, you know, in nursing, then you interact with people, they, there are stories, you know, in that. And so um, sometimes I, I have a few stories that have kind of gone into nursing stuff too, because I find that interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. So on the, um, on the subject then of, of nursing and writing and being a mom, since this is like, I think the thing that it makes you the most interesting for someone else listening here, how do you juggle, you know, because there's so much stuff going on in your life to be able to sit down and dedicatedly create stories. How do you do that? Oh, it's hard, <laughs> I think. <laughs> but, um, you know, I feel like you have to, I really like the, the quote where they were like, everyone's juggling glass balls and, uh, or balls of their, you know, their family life and their career and, you know, all these different things that they're trying to do. And the point is to realize which balls are, are glass and which ones are rubber, which ones can drop at some point and which ones you have to catch, you know? Um, and I think like right now I'm in summer with my kids and, you know, during the school year, I have a lot more writing time when I send them off to school. I, I still have a little one uh, who's two and nap time is sacred. That's when I get a lot of writing in and, and sometimes I'll stay up late after bedtime and get some writing time in there. I, I do that a lot, but over the summer, it is really, really hard. And I, I kind of feel like I have to give myself a little bit of grace during that because I'm like, well, this is their season where we're, especially after COVID and everything. Last year, we didn't hardly get to do anything um, mm -hmm. as far as, you know, summer activities. And now it's softball and tennis and soccer and swimming. And like, I feel like I'm waking up at 5 a.m. and going to bed at 11 o'clock at night and chasing kids. And I'm like, you know what, this is their season. It's okay. I'm enjoying it with them. That is my favorite thing in the world is to be their mom, you know? And, and so I think, you know, yeah, knowing when to catch those balls, what's important because I want my kids to have these wonderful memories, you know? Uh, but then also, you know, knowing when I have these important deadlines with writing that I want to meet these goals that I have, I will take some time and, and stay up a little later and, and meet that deadline, you know, cause that is important to me. Um, mm -hmm. and, and, um, yeah, I think just catch the glass ball. Okay, good. So then writing is a glass ball for you. Yes, you know, cer certain things are, you know, there are some deadlines and things that I miss, but Writers of the Future has been important to me. I have entered for four years before I won exactly. I made every quarter <laughs> and I, I didn't miss one. That was important to me. I cared. It, it mattered to me. Oh, Good. Now, just I have a question because you're like, you've been 
following the whole line and, and working the working the work on Writers of the Future, how much of a value or of benefit is actually getting and reading the Writers of the Future book to give you some ideas and directions like what the judges are looking for or what gets published or even how to do some of the different things that are successfully done? Because these now are, are people that went from being amateur and now are professional. Oh, okay. So there's a lot. <laughs> I could talk a lot about this. Um, so I, I think it's very important to read the, the most current issues to see what has um, caught the judge's eyes, you know, um, and, and you can kind of analyze them a little bit, see like, oh my gosh, this is a really cool uh, setting, or that was a cool twist, or uh, oh, they, they did this time travel, but this is, this is a unique way of doing it. I think sometimes as you look at the different stories, then, then you can focus in on that uniqueness. I think there, uh, you'll, and you'll see that there's these unique factors in all these stories that like, oh my gosh, that's such a cool idea. You know, I, I remember looking at the one that's coming out for volume 37 and looking at all the titles. And I was like, wow, these look so good. I'm so excited to read all these, all these new stories. Uh, I mean, cool that I'm in there, but I mean, all, all these other ones that I see, I'm like, oh my gosh, the, these, the titles are even like really cool. So I think, yeah, Definitely important that I would also recommend engaging on the forum that you guys have. There is a lot of, I mean, didn't you guys just win an award for the, mm -hmm. for the writers of the future? Yeah, forum the Critters of Award, yes. Something? Yes. Yes, critters I like award. that. The, I, I have found the forum, the Critters, yes. I have found that to be a huge positive source of strength, I guess, for me. Um, the, the, the forum. The other thing is you have the workshop that uh, the judges put on, Tim Powers, Orson Scott Card, and uh, Dave Farland, of course, doing that. Um, and I think that's a huge strength. And the other thing that I saw you guys are doing is the, the Q&As that you've just started. I went to one uh, from Tim Powers on, on the forum too. I found that really, um, really cool. Uh, I, to me, I just think you guys provide a lot of opportunities to get in front of or in the minds of a little bit these, these judges that you're trying to, uh, you know, want them to like your story. And I think, uh, you know, if you want to win writers of the future, uh, engaging in all these different areas, you should take advantage of that, you know? Great. So now on we talked about in the, in the book itself is, you know, one of the things that the judges look for is originality. That's a, that's a major facet on it. And Rise of the Future is the only book, I'm pretty sure it's the only book that, that's published just with new writers. All the magazines, all the stuff out there, you have to have, pretty much you have to have got a name for yourself before they'll put you on their, in their, in their uh, list because they sell based on popularity. If that people recognize the names, they're going to buy the magazine. So uh, some of the big name magazines, they'll get one new author a year maybe. You know, So it's just you don't get that very much. So this is one thing that's unique about writers of the future. And I love that that's what, uh, that, that's what you guys are about. I um, find you guys to be uh, very much a positive influence for um, emerging writers it is probably uh my, my favorite thing about writers of the future is just that it encourages this mantra of pay it forward i was listening to one of the old award ceremonies where mike resnick got up and was talking about 
about about pay, paying it forward. Uh, he was like, you know, when you get to where you're going or whatever, some, something along the lines, I'm paraphrasing, uh, you know, every, every, the people who helped you along the way are either already rich or dead. And, and you know, and, and he's like, so the best thing you can do is to to help the next person along. And, you know, I really see that. That, that that's, I just love that about the contest because I see all these, these tethers that come back to the contest. So, you know, you have all these judges who are, who created the online uh, workshop, gave of their time to do that, you know, and, and that's available to everyone. I, I think that's really cool that, 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 that has been offered. I, I am excited that I'll get to spend time with them at the workshop week, that, they, that they'll spend that time helping, helping us become better writers. Uh, Wolf Moon, who was a contest winner in 35, volume 35, um, you know, he does the, he moderates the forum and he does the super secrets on the forum. I, I recommend people go, go look at that. He helps a lot of people. Um, I think he's a great example of giving back, you know, it comes back to the contest. Um, Scott Knoll, uh, who works over at, he's the editor of Dreamforge Anvil. I love his magazine. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful, you know, um, but he, he spends a lot of time trying to, he, he gives new writers a chance. He actually spent last weekend on a Zoom meeting with me and just took the time to give me some, some writing advice and stuff. And all these people, you know, I, I see all these, um, it comes back to writers of the future, you know, um, and and even the cont contestants on the forum and things like um, Dustin Adams has helped and Christopher Henkel. There's always people willing to help, and I think it, you know, that's what this contest does is it encourages writers to help one another, and I think it's a huge positive influence. And I thank you guys for that. You're very welcome, and it's also something that was originally created by Elwin Hubbard in 1983, but even before that. In the 30s and 40s, he was very well known as one of the, the biggest names in, in uh, pulp fiction in America. And he wrote several articles that were published in, like the, in writing magazines of the day. And he always took time to be able to help out the aspiring writer. And so when he started his contest in 83 following his, his release of Battlefield Earth, the whole thing was, to, like you're talking about paying it forward, was that provide, it was like to provide a space where the aspiring artists could actually have their work seen and acknowledged. You know, basically saw that uh, as society was kind of faltering in the area of the arts, that a, a platform was needed to give them an opportunity to be able to um, just to show their stuff, you know. And it's just grown so much since, I mean, that first year there was, I don't know, 800 entries to contest. You know, now there's thousands every quarter. It's just... It's crazy how much it's grown, you know, and then it was just from the United States, I think maybe Canada. Now it's 175 countries. So it is, it is a big deal. And like, just quite frankly, the joy we get from it from our end is meeting people like yourself, you know, who are so sort of so dedicated to what you're doing as a writer, but also so willing to want to help the others as well, because there's no scarcity of of outlets for a writer, actually. There's just, we need to let people be able to express themselves and then the illustrators as well. And the people that do the art, the illustrators now, it just gets better and better every year. So anyway, um, that's just something that, you know, that, that he created and wanted to make, put that there for other writers and other artists. And because of what you're doing right now, just talking about this, a lot of people are going to find out about it. And hope there's a lot of moms that want to be able to um, 
to write, but just feel they can't because of of whatever constraint that they feel is imposed upon them, or at least that they've agreed to. That's why I want you to, you know, a little bit more like what you can do to be able to get out of those um, self-inflicted constraints. Yes. So I think um, it's good to sit down and know what you want, I guess, and create goals for yourself. I mean, at the end of the day, I do want to write novels. I do want to, um, to be published traditionally that way. I think that would be super cool. Um, I think setting uh, realistic stepping stones um, toward that is helpful. Uh, goals that you can meet. I think writing uh, flash fiction Wolf does something called uh, Kill Your Darlings, where I, I had never written flash fiction, um, but I think that is a good way to, I guess, in your in your little bits amount, in your small amounts of time to be able to write something. And then from there, as those ideas percolate, then you can create a, um, you know, a, so like as I'm doing dishes or as I'm on a walk with my kids or whatever, sometimes I, I, I have an idea, oh, I can take this story seed, my flash fiction story and do something else with it. Um, and, you know, uh, there have been a, a couple of my my stories that, yeah, I my second finalist story came from a flash fiction story. Um, and that story I actually ended up selling to Deep Magic this spring. Um, so it's in the spring issue and it's already being, uh, republished last month as well in their best of anthology. Um, but I really do think taking the time, whatever time you have, even if it's a little bit of time and dedicating that, I mean, I have brought notebooks with me to the school pickup line, right? And so as I'm waiting to pick my kids up, I have my baby strapped in the back and I have my notebook and I'm writing down ideas or whatever, you know, I think you try and take advantage of every second you have to yourself and whether or not, like right now, I talked about earlier how I feel like summer is a little bit my kids this time. I don't have as much writing time, but I do feel like living life is part of, of generating ideas because those come through in your work later as you live your life experiences. And the other thing is I listen to a lot of audiobooks right now, you know, when I'm driving in the car, when we're, when we're walks or whatever, uh, I'll listen to audiobooks. And I feel like that is also part of, uh, of writing is, you know, reading, uh, thinking about the stories that are, that you like, why do you like them? And you don't have to be sitting in a chair behind a desk to do that. <laughs> you can, you can be doing dishes or laundry or, or whatever. Um, and so I think you take advantage of, of every second you have, you know, enjoy, enjoy your moments you have with your kids, take care of them, you know, take care of your house, take care of the things you need to take care of, but you can still take care of yourself. You just have to take those moments as they come and take advantage of them. Okay, good. That that makes sense. That's good. Now, how much does your career as a nurse, as a mom, just getting around living life, what do how do those fit in with your story ideas that you've actually then been able to turn put pen to paper or fingers to keyboard and create? Um, gosh, I just feel like there's sparks of of story ideas everywhere. And sometimes you don't have a chance to write them down. But, you know, I, I like I was saying before, as you live your life, they come through. I remember, um, well, okay, I'll talk about the story that we did for the half-breed that I wrote for uh, Writers of the Future, Volume 37. I, um, we bought our, our property and it was a foreclosure property um, on an acre of completely brown grass, nothing growing on it, everything's dead, right? 
um, but every year we plant trees. <laughs> and um, now I have a lot of, of fruit trees and things. Um, I, I really, it was important to me and is important to me that my kids know where food comes from, you know, and they, and I want them to do work. I think that is an important thing that my kids learn, you know, they need to learn how to work. Um, and so, you know, we, we tend to garden and these different things anyway. And the, the story idea from there came, uh, I, I, think as I was planting trees, you know, uh, just imagining, you know, I, I don't know if you've ever heard of dryads before, but they're tree spirits. It's from Greek mythology. And I, a lot of sparked what if questions, you know, what if there, these were not just these ethereal tree spirits? What if, what if this was a race of people? And what if they had to interact with humans? And how would this work? And just let your imagination run wild when you're, when you're doing whatever, you know, and you'll get a story idea. No, it was your story on, um, the uh, the tree people with with dryads because I hadn't really I've heard of dryads before but when I read Half Breed it was like wow but that's that's the thing that makes Rise of Future so special because all these stories are so like wow how did they get that idea because they're always you know there's there's sometimes an idea like there's no new ideas it is so not a true datum you know it is so false to think that. Just read Rise of the Future and you're going to get it, you know. And it's important, too, as an author, that you do read. You know, it's, um, and you're talking about you listen to audiobooks, but how much has reading been, like, I guess you said, even from a kid, you know, you, you were, you totally embodied the world of Harry Potter and probably Narnia since you <laughs> talked about the, at wintertime, the backyard is, turns into Narnia for you. So the way you even just envision the world around you is fant fantastical with books. Is that pretty much what you're devoting yourself to in terms of writing as a genre is, is uh, fantasy? Well, um, no, <laughs> I write, but I love fantasy. Fantasy is like my first love, I guess you'd say. Uh, so I'm like, that's what I what I've I guess learned to write in generally is is uh, fantasy. Uh, but actually, my my because uh, I actually won quarter one of Writers of the Future. 38. Uh, and it's a science story. Yeah. Uh, that, that I decided, I was like, I'm going to send them a science fiction story. Um, but um, I, I do lean towards fantasy and I, I actually love a lot of young adult novels, you know, um, but, um, but yeah, I, I want to write both. I, I find like, like Hunger Games and uh, Red Rising and some of these science fiction I think they're softer science fiction, you know, but I, I enjoy them, you know, uh, fantasy mm -hmm. and science fiction both. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Now, are you familiar with any Elrond Hubbard stories? Uh, Battlefield Earth. Yes. I also remember in the, in the workshop, I read uh, several of those. One of them was about a top hat. He was talking about how to um, just get ideas from inspiration from anything. And I thought that was really cool too, you know? Uh, he, and so he told the story about this hat. It was cool. <laughs> yeah, that was that, that the story he wrote and that was magic out of a hat and that was the kubanka the uh the russian uh fur hat yeah yes yes that was cool but it was after just getting back to the your earlier comment too is it was after he published writers uh battlefield earth in 82 and that book hit the new york times for a couple months that's when he had the idea of coming out with uh writers of the future and that's when it was launched after that and it really, you know, the idea was, which is what was done from before uh, in the Pulp Fiction days, is that you have the, the big names and then you were able to put the new names on the covers as well and help raise them up. So it's that whole the high tide raises all boats. So it's basically having a bigger name 
that will take the, the lesser-known names and then get them better known too. So that's basically what happened. And um, so it was really good because Battlefield Earth, you know, that was just, that was pretty much at that time a, a totally unique uh, story that, you know, very fast adventure um, science fiction, which is why he was brought into science fiction into the golden age because they needed to have people in there and not just uh, the ray guns and blasters and, and spaceships and stuff like that. So now you've been doing short fiction. What's your plan now in terms of, of novels or are you, have you already started in that direction? So I have started novels and, you know, I, I've, I finished a couple, but nothing that I would really be willing to put out there at this time. I, I, I feel like as I, as I start, you know, learning, it's kind of like, well, I learned with that and I could come up with something better now because I look back on some of these and I'm like, I, I know more. I feel like short fiction has helped me develop story structure a little more, uh, kind of uh, see what works and what doesn't. And mm -hmm. uh, one thing I've, I've always struggled with is having a passive protagonist. And uh, I, I see that in some of these that I've written before. I'm like, okay, I need to change that. Um, and so eventually I would like to get there. Like, like I said, as a mom, I kind of feel like I have these stepping stone goals when I would really like to hit that little harder core is when all my kids are in school, which will be two and a half years, <laughs> you know, and, and, and I'd probably try and hit that a little harder. I think for the moment, my goal is to, is to continue with some short fiction. I, I think I mentioned earlier, I had that um, discussion with Scott Knoll uh, last, last weekend, and he mentioned a cool idea, um, which, which I'm still percolating on, of writing a series of novellas over a year and, you know, publishing those and trying to generate an audience that way. I think that's kind of cool. I, I'm hoping when I get to Writers of the Future uh, at the workshop, I'll, I'll get a little bit more of a, of a better idea how to move forward. I, I, I do want to write novels, and that is the end goal. Uh, I, I don't know if that's right, actually, to say end goal. I would like to continue to write novels. That's not like a one and done thing. Uh, that's yeah. what I would like to do. Uh, you know, uh, but, I, but I also am trying to say, uh, give myself realistic goals. I, I think I can get there. I just think I have to give myself grace and time and be okay with, you know, my progress. So. Right. Good. Now you made a comment uh, just a few moments ago about passive protagonists. Can you explain that a little bit more? Like what is that? And what is, um, cause we've not really discussed that before on this podcast. So a little bit like, what is that? And why is that not so good? Okay. So passive protagonist is where bad things just happen to the character, you know? Uh, whereas it's much better if I can give my character a choice and then the bad things happen or, you know, somehow their actions create the bad things that happen to them or make them worse or whatever, that their actions need to move the story along, not that the story moves along and my character is dragged along just because if that, <laughs> if that yeah, makes totally. sense. Um, yeah, they need to be actively creating uh, decisions for good or ill. They can make some good choices, but it's always more interesting if if a catastrophe happens, you know. So the idea is to make the protagonist be the the driver of the story and not life the driver that he then just is the passenger seat. Right. They need to make uh, choices for their uh, for the story to move along. So. Okay. Great. So now then for just some, in terms of like tips or, or, or thoughts on like, so say like I'm 
Well, let's, let's, I'm not going to do a good job of it. Say I'm a, I'm a stay-at-home mom. And, you know, I've had a, a desire to be a writer, but I've got, there's so much social, societal agreement that you can't do this. Or maybe um, that, you know, you need to get out there and get a job and you can't do this. Various, you know, from whatever different angles, being a writer is, is not a good thing to do now. Do it, you know, put it off later, put it off later, put it off later. And I definitely got from you that with you, it's like you're a writer. You write, you know, any spare moment you can, you're thinking, you're creating, you're making notes. In band class, you're doing it. So some words of, of wisdom on that for women who find themselves in a position they feel that they can't get out of. I think, um, yeah, um, it's hard sometimes, I think, because we do put a lot of pressure on ourselves to, you know, be wife, be mom, you know, have, have a career, do it all, be super mom. And I think, um, you know, if, if there is something that, that you really want, if you really do want to be a writer, for me, it makes me happy. It is probably the cheapest therapy, you know, <laughs> is, is, is to be able to sit down and write because it is an outlet for me. It makes me feel good. I am a better mom, I feel, because I, I take that time for myself to be able to, to write. Uh, I, I do think you have to identify uh, when there are other things that you, that you have to take care of. I mean, I, there, there are times I feel like with my kids, I, I have to do this and I have to put this right inside. But honestly, it is always on my mind. How can I write? What, what ideas can I have? How can I uh, improve this story? Or uh, how can I improve my writing? I, I think even if you don't have the creative juice to write, because last year I I, during COVID was, was actually really hard for me to write. I have really focused on sending new fresh stories in every quarter, you know? Um, and I got to the point where I couldn't do it. I had some health issues, um, that were going on. Uh, there was COVID obviously with the rest of the world, you know, and, uh, and some things that, 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 that kind of scared me and just really drained my creative juices. And, you know, I, I think, but you can still use that time to work on ideas that you had before um, instead of creating something new, which is what I did. My half-breed was, uh, was a resubmitted story. So I submitted uh, 16 times. Of, of those 16 times that I submitted Writers of the Future, I did have two um, resubmissions. Um, half-breed was one of those. Uh, and, uh, because I just wasn't having the, the, the creative juices then. Uh, but I did, I chose that story because I knew it was a strong story. I'd had, um, some really good feedback on it, but I figured I really, uh, needed to, I redid my opening and then kind of filtered through, uh, the things that changed from my opening. And so I, I think it really did make the story stronger. I thought I had a strong ending, but the but the beginning was weak, um, and and I and I think that really helped me, you know. Um, but I guess the point is for any any moms or or women who are having a hard time, uh, I, I feel like uh, if you want to write flash, write flash. If that's all you have time for, you know. If you have stories you've worked on in the past, um, you can pull those out and work on those. If you are just you know, stuck doing housework or whatever. And, and, and you, you can listen to your audiobooks. listen to this podcast. This is a great podcast to listen to, um, you know, about, about writing. You have icons in the industry coming up here with lots of advice. I feel like anything you can do to forward yourself, um, with your writing, uh, use those free moments, 
just just do it. You'll be you'll be glad you did. I myself wish I had written uh, more. I put all my writing on the back burner when I turned 18 and went to college, um, and I did not touch it until uh, uh, I think my baby was almost one um, because I I just. I really needed that for me. I, I, I needed some, some sort of outlet. Um, you take care of kids all day and, uh, you take care of the house, you, you, you go to work and it feels like stuff is never done. You know, uh, there's always more dishes. You make a meal, there's, there's, there's more meals to create. There's more, there's always more work to be done. You can write a short story and you can hold it. You know, it's like, I did this and it is done, you know, and, and that, that feels good to me, you know? Uh, so I think just take advantage of, of every opportunity that you have, every little bit of free time that, that you can get to yourself. Um, and, some try and multitask sometimes we're good multitaskers right you know you're doing laundry or dishes or, or whatever you know if you're on your way to work we can squeeze in that time um but yeah just if you want to write you have to make it a priority and if you have a free moment you need to take advantage of it otherwise the time will just slip away so take advantage of every minute you have think about it and and at the end of the day you do have to eventually sit down in the chair and write so when that moment comes if it's in the pickup line or if you have to do it during nap time or if you have percolated on this idea and you're ready to write then then stay up late for a night you know you you can you can do it you know so best of luck good so now you did the online writing course and um, anything in there particular that you found of, of benefit for you on the online, the Rise of the Future online writing workshop? So the thing I think that hit me the most was um, Mr. Hubbard said to write sincerely. And I think um, I had also just gone to FireCon when I had read that um, where Dave Farland was like, write something with emotion. And then uh, Wolf Moon and his super secrets was like, make me cry or whatever. You know, I feel like, you know, if you, that is really good advice to write sincerely about the human experience or whatever, you know, I mean, we, we all have things we can relate to um, just, yeah, write sincerely and you, good work will come from that. If you are sincere in your writing. Good. So in terms of how does your day work now in terms, cause you've given me all these different things, but like, do you have a basic, my day starts at, you know, like you used to get told, like, you know, I, I get up before I go to bed and then I walk 10 miles and I to get the bucket of water and bring it back before I have to, to walk 20 miles to school. And then once I'm done with that, I got to run back via the store to pick up the food for dinner. And, you know, so what is it that you actually, how's a basic schedule work for you? <laughs> um, yeah. So I guess, um, during the school year, you know, I get up and I, I, I get all this, I, get ready. I get food on for the kids. I make them, you know, pancakes and stuff in the morning. And then I, uh, you know, get them all dressed, do their hair. I have, I have three little girls and one boy, there's a lot of hair doing, you know, <laughs> and, uh, you know, they go to school, you know, I'll, I'll read with the, with the baby, play with the baby. I, but sometimes, uh, yeah, if I want to get some writing time in, I'll put on a show and I can get, you know, an hour or something sometimes in, Usually I don't get writing time in until nap time, though. That's usually, uh, you know, I'm I'm doing laundry and dishes and bills and, and errands most of the day. I, I actually volunteer often at the school, too. I, I 
And it's all with writing and reading too. I go, I, I like all this last year, I volunteered at my daughter's kindergarten class where we went over sight words and, and things like that. But I really enjoyed second grade. Uh, my other daughter, they had me read once a week for an hour or so for the, for the class. And I also helped all the kids write for about a month. They, there's a PBS kids contest for, for little kids. And I, I helped all these kids uh, create stories and submit to that writer's contest because I, I guess that's the, I wanted to be a teacher one day. I still, I, I can teach some writing stuff, you know, we can, and, and you know what, that's good for me too, because it, you know, learning, going over a tiny, tiny, tiny story with these little kids, um, and that's something I can relate to my kids with. That's a memory that they're going to have forever that their mom came in and did this. But it also helps me with my writing stuff. I think that's cool. But yeah, I'm like most of my writing time happens during nap time. And after I get kids to bed, you know, I'll clean up dishes, spend some time with my husband. And I, I will go kick back and write um, for, for a couple hours during the school year, because during the school year, they go to bed at eight o'clock, you know, and so that does give me some, some decent amount of writing time. And if, if I have a a deadline coming up, I I will stay up till two or three in the morning sometimes, because that is important to me and I want to make it, but, and I don't, I wouldn't recommend that for long-term, but if there is like an important goal or something you want to meet, then sometimes pull in some all night stuff, uh, that's how you make it, you know, <laughs> and if you limp along the finish line, it's okay. We'll still get there. Uh, <laughs> you know, but yeah, I, it's been a lot harder over the summer, but, uh, I, I mostly am just getting snatches here and there, but I'm like, that's okay. I, I will, as the time comes, as they, uh, get some, I, I'm going to take advantage of swim class, swim class. They'll all be in and I can, I can get some time then. So. <laughs> That's amazing. So then on, um, for somebody who needs to discover Brittany Rainsden, cause you're going to, they're going to get to know you more and more. Now they're going to have, you got the one story right now. So how do they like, where do they go right now to get deep magic? Is that online or they go to Barnes and Noble or where do they go to find deep magic? Yeah, it's, it's on Amazon. Uh, dot com. And if you just, you know, type in deep magic spring 2021, you'll come up with their spring issue that I'm in. Uh, you can also find it in deep magic best of anthology volume two. Uh, there's a lot of other uh, writers, of the future winners in that one too. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, That's really so um, there and you can find, yeah. And you can find me at rainstonwrites.com. That's uh, my website where I'm, I'm, I'm still building it, but I'm, I put my little announcements out there that I have. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can find me on Facebook too. I'm active on Facebook, um, Brittany Rainston author, or if you use the at sign Rainston writes, I should show up that way too. So that's great. That's where you can find so me. Just one thing I I'd love realized. to see you. <laughs> yes. One thing I, I realized that I didn't ask you is um, to get published. How many submissions have you sent out? You know, like the number of submissions you've sent to, you know, of your stories out to various um, publications. So rejects to to sales. So people still have this. You know, yeah. You know, what point does your skin get thick enough so you can just deal with the rejects and keep on persisting to be able to get the uh, your wins? I feel like Writers of the Future really helps with that. Uh, Writers of the Future always felt like a safe place for me to submit. 
um, because it is, it's totally anonymous, right? Like if, if I get rejected 20 million times, who cares, you know, <laughs> like, um, but you know, uh, that, that really helped me to get even, you know, uh, the honorable mentions, silver honorable mentions, semi-finalists, finalists, non-winning finalists, you know, um, I think those things helped me decide to submit elsewhere because I was really, um, I was getting my, my rejection, my honorable mention, whatever certificate from writers of the future. And I was trunking those stories, you know, and that probably, I would not recommend doing that. I held on to that, uh, perfectly painted lies, um, for like two years and I didn't send it anywhere. And then I sent it to Deep magic and gold. Uh, and, and so I wouldn't recommend doing that. Now I have sent a lot more stories out. Um, I don't know. I, so I had, I sent 16 to writers of the future. Uh, 14 rejections there. Um, and, you know, I, I've sent a lot more stories out. I've probably, I don't know, garnered 20 rejections or something at this point. It's okay. You know, I, at this point, I feel like, um, you know, sometimes it's just you're not a good fit for whatever reason, uh, whether or not it's that they already had a story that was like this, the story's too long for their issue. It might be a perfectly good story, but I love novelettes. I write most of my stories are novelettes um, versus versus true short stories. And and, you know, I'm, I'm an unknown, too. And so that, you know, I, I need to learn to write shorter. But I, yeah, I think send your stories out and uh, eventually you will you'll start getting some wins. So, yeah, yeah, it's um, it's something that people need to deal with because they think like, OK, my, my precious, my baby, you know, you send it out and it gets rejected and then it becomes like, I'm, I'm, that's it. I'm done. You know, I'm, I can never write. And so, so I try to get as many people like yourself and other, other judges and, and guests to talk about how many rejections they've actually had for the half a dozen to a dozen published stories they've got. So, they can, so people can get an idea like, whoa, you know, I set five stories out and it got rejected five times. So it's not for me is, is, is not the right mentality, not the right mindset. Yeah, I think send out a lot. And, and I should have started that earlier. I didn't. I was just, you know, nervous. Like, and, 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 uh, but now I'm like, it's okay. We'll just send them out. And I do get, I just got a, a, a rejection from, from the dread machine last week, you know, uh, two weeks ago, I got one from, from apex, but uh, you know, it's okay. It's part of the, part of the deal. And, uh, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll get an acceptance at some point, but you will never get an acceptance if you do not send the stories out. Um, so that, you know, send them out. It's okay. You know? Yeah. I think it's really important too, that people realize what you were saying there. They might not be looking for that story idea. Maybe they just published that same story idea in the previous issue, or it could be also too that the editor just had a really bad hair day and your story was a little bit too uplifting for their state of mind when they, when they looked at it. It could be all kinds of things. So um, Orson Scott Card made a, a comment, you know, he just, he's made a notation of like Rise of Futures that, you know, when he was, when he had his online magazine, he was saying, I, it's interesting. I end up publishing whatever Rise of the Future rejects, you know, because Rise of the Future gets the best of the best. And then everybody else gets, you know, what, what Rise of the Future rejects and gets them out to the other places. And that's what they get. So it's kind of humorous when he said that, but that actually happens quite often. 
Absolutely. I've, I've got quite a few friends who are, uh, who are getting, getting published with their stories from, from writers of the future that didn't quite, you know, make those top three. And, uh, yeah, I, I think writers of the future, uh, just, I don't know, so gathers together the best, the best, everyone who wants to do this is submitting there, who wants to make it because it is the contest that, that, uh, creates careers, launches careers, you know? Um, and, and so, yeah, it's, it's a good place to be. That's great. Well, one more time, please let everybody know how they can find Brittany Rainston. Um, you can find me at rainstonwrites.com. That's my website. And you can also find me on Facebook. Uh, Brittany Rainston author is my page. And if you put the at Rainston Writes, you should be able to find me that way on Facebook as well. That's great. Well, thank you very much, Brittany. It's been really amazing having you on this. And I think a lot of people really enjoy this. You're just, you're just so alive. And it's, I think it's great that um, you're going to have some amazing stories to tell and inspiration for the, for the moms or even just anybody that wants to be it and feels they've got too much against them to be able to make it. Because anybody that's had the career like you've got as, as, a, as a nurse, as a, a mom of four, um, and becoming a writer, becoming a, a successful writer is it's something that people can really you know, aspire to be able to do themselves as well. So thank you for listening. Subscribe to the Writers and Illustrators of the Future podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We've also been syndicated on the United Public Radio Network where you can find these podcasts as well by just typing in Writers of the Future. Again, I highly recommend you read the Writers of the Future series. Next one, you're going to be able to be reading Brittany. These are, after all, who our judges have selected as the best of the best new writers and artists. They can be found at writersofthefuture.com, at Amazon, or wherever you get your books. Writers and Illustrators of the Future are contests created by Elwin Hubbard to provide a means for the aspiring writer and artist to be seen and acknowledged. It is free to enter and open to amateur short story writers and artists of science fiction or fantasy. Again, thank you very much, Brittany. Thank you so much. I've enjoyed this so much.